Create an Unstoppable Life, Episode 97, Three Ways to Have More Confidence. Create an Unstoppable Life is all about mindset for the high achiever to help you build a life of fulfillment and freedom. I'm your host, Dina George, MD, a mindset and marketing coach and a family medicine physician. It's an honor to spend time with you today. You're in for a treat today. We are going for it. Create an unstoppable lifestyle. We're just going to dig in. But first, a couple of announcements, and I'm so glad you're here. Episode 100, right around the corner. Our special guest is Dr. Erin Wiseman of Dr. Me First Podcast. She's amazing. You're going to see. We just finished recording an episode for her podcast, part five of how to start a super crazy business and go part-time clinically. So check out her podcast and check out the series, especially if you're a physician who wants freedom. Next, this podcast is a proud member of Dr. Podcast Network. All right, here they are. Three ingredients to having more confidence. Stick with me. You likely already know this, except you're not practicing it. Or if you are, if you're practicing it, it's not consistent. It hasn't become part of your identity. And we know that because it's not always showing up in what you do or how you do things. So the things that you don't do or the things you do inconsistently simply means it hasn't become part of who you are even if you know that it would be helpful to do those things. When incorporated into your identity, these three ingredients will change your life, period. You can borrow my belief if you need to. Number one, stop believing the crappy self-talk. The human experience, it's filled with it. We're stuck in our heads. We have thought after thought after thought. Many of them are so negative just by default. My clients, when they come to me, they think it's just them that they're the only ones that have these thoughts and it's who they are. No, period. It's a part of being human. It's what drives much of our life and experience and it erodes confidence. The mind is continually working to make sense of the world and apply context if something happens or apply perspective or just make something up because the mind does not like it when there are blanks or empty spots. She didn't call back. Our mind comes up with a reason why. He didn't respond to the message. Our mind comes up with a reason why. So that we can fill in those blanks and be able to move on. Except we fill them in with negativity. Here's some examples. Let's say you overhear someone talking about their accomplishment. Does your mind go to, I should have done that. That'll never happen for me. They must be lucky. They have something I don't have. I'll never figure it out. Or what about your child telling you about their day? Does your mind ever wander to, man, I wish I had that as a kid. I wasn't that smart. I didn't have those opportunities. The crappy self-talk, it's the mind's way of expressing the pain of the past. Or maybe it's collecting more evidence to support the pain that we carry, to be able to file it away and reinforce it. Man, do you just hear It's filled with judgment and comparison and failure and unfairness. Life is unfair and hurts and sadness. It seems so real and compelling and necessary that we keep buying into it. We keep telling ourselves, I am lazy. I could do better. I am wasting my life. I've wasted time. I've failed and there's no recovering. We believe it. We keep buying into it. But 
really what it is? Crappy self-talk. That's it. So the mind collects evidence to prove that that self-talk is true. Piles and piles of evidence. And ultimately, all it does is try to prove that our biggest fears are real. That we aren't good enough, we don't deserve love. Tony Robbins says that those are the two biggest fears of most people. Like I was in a stadium of 10,000 people pre-COVID, and everyone around me on this exercise when we shared it had some version of the same two things. Here's my definition of confidence. An absence of judgment and comparison. Like there's no ability to put yourself down because it would be as foreign as speaking a language that you've never even heard of before. There's no need to look around and see what others are doing or how they're doing it or determining your worthiness based on your progress. Like it doesn't even enter the picture. It would be like some calculus equation you've never seen. You'd never think to use it. It's unnecessary. Think of new life. It's so exciting to watch a baby pull themselves up to start taking steps and then cruising and then taking those steps independently. And what happens each time? They fall. They look a little stunned about what happened. Maybe they cry and then they try again. Imagine if each time that they tried, the internal monologue went like this. That was stupid. You really should know how to do this by now. Look at the other babies. They're so much farther ahead. You're never going to get this. You may as well quit. Just save the embarrassment. You know, if you never learn to walk, you won't go to college. You won't have your own family. So what would they do if that was rattling around in their head? They do the same thing we do. Quit. Because we're depleted. There's no motivation. They'd sit. Probably eat more. Because at least there's some reward with food, even if it's temporary. What is it like for you? How much is self-judgment and comparison part of your experience? How much confidence are they stealing from you without you even knowing it? Let's talk medicine for a moment. So hypertension, high blood pressure, is the silent killer. People don't feel bad, or if they do, it's very subtle, and they don't realize that it's because the blood pressure is high. And you know what's happening in the body? Damage. Damage to the heart, the brain, the kidneys, and other blood vessels. A little bit of damage over time. And then one day out of the blue, the person may experience a stroke or a heart attack and say, I had no idea that was coming. Because the high blood pressure is stealing over time, stealing their health. You know, judgment and comparison do the same thing. Oftentimes we don't realize that that's what's going on, that we don't realize what we're losing because of them. It steals just a little bit out of time until we're paralyzed. We ask ourselves, why don't I have any confidence? Why am I still struggling with the same thing? Why isn't this getting any better? Because everything you do when the crappy self-talk is present is similar to putting change in a pocket that's got this big hole in it. You can put as much in as you want, and it's going to fall out. There's no mechanism or way to retain it. You can tell yourself all the mantras, listen to motivational talk after motivational talk. You can have inspirational quotes all around you, even on you. And if there's no mechanism to retain it, because the crappy self-talk really doesn't allow for retention, then it's lost within a few minutes. Confidence is the absence of judgment and comparison. And that allows you to become unstoppable. 
which means you're not stuck in your head. It allows you to focus on problem and solution. It's like the baby. What's the problem? There's some shiny object in a different place of the room that they want to touch. What's the solution? Get there. Crawl, roll, stand up, cruise, take a step, cry for someone to pick them up, hold on to the dog, get dragged over there, something. Solution-focused. Confidence, knowing there is a solution. You can create it. You will figure it out. You know enough. You are enough. And you are worthy of being here. Do you want to hear that again? Confidence, knowing there's a solution. You can create it. You will figure it out. You know enough, are enough, and are worthy of being here. That's the internal narrative. And it completely supports anything that you want to do or become in life. Imagine that you have the most beautiful dress on and you walk to work and a car drives by and splatters mud all over you. You stop seeing the beautiful dress. You see a mess and focus on how the dress used to look, how you used to feel in it, and maybe you focus on how it can never look that way again. Comparison and judgment are the mud. Confidence is the beautiful dress that's hard to see. Crappy self-talk, we all have it. It's punitive and it punches us in the gut. The difference between people is how much time is spent entertaining it. So how do you stop listening or believing? That's the work. A better question? Who do you need to become to stop believing it? Here are some examples. Someone with a sense of humor to really just laugh at how ridiculous the mind is at times. Like really, some of those thoughts that are offered up to us, complete garbage. Maybe it's someone with more compassion to see how much you've been hurting and to stop the same patterns that are creating that hurt. Someone who's willing to learn a new language or a way of speaking to yourself. Someone who acknowledges that this way isn't working. Someone who's committed to taking care of themselves. Someone who's willing to lose the habits that keep you coping with the crappy self-talk, the stress eating, the over-drinking, the over-committing, the over-scrolling. What happens when you ditch the coping mechanism? Then it's you and the problem face-to-face, which means it's time to solve the problem. When you stop believing the crappy things that your mind comes up with, you have more energy. You have more appreciation for what is right and real and alive and around you. You have more time. Things are just easier, right? There's no mental roadblocks. Your relationships will be deeper if you want them to be. And you have more capability to grow because you're feeding your mind, your body, your soul in a way that is fueling you. You also create more opportunities. And doesn't that all sound like confidence. Is that enough said? Smile. All right. That was number one. Here's number two. Get to the foundation of who you are. Ask someone who they are. They'll generally tell you who they aren't. I'm not a department chief. I'm not a great cook. I'm not a published author. I'm not a singer. Hmm. Could there be some comparison and judgment here too? I kind of think so. 
Many of us, even on the unstoppable life path, only know what we're not. It goes along with what we covered in the last episode, holding ourselves to a standard of what we should be and not measuring up to it and not changing that standard. It can be very subconscious, like we don't even realize we're doing it. So here's how I start working with clients. I say, okay, tell me everything you're not. List it out. We're going to spend as much time here as it takes. Some of the responses, I'm not financially responsible. I'm not motivated. I'm not strong enough to follow through. I'm not capable of saying no. I'm not comfortable with conflict. I'm not willing to put my needs first. I'm not someone who asks for help. I'm not a business person. What I've experienced as a human and a coach of high achievers is how much we measure ourselves and our worth by what we aren't. And a key to confidence and success comes from doing just the opposite, measuring ourselves by what we are, what we are capable of, what we are passionate about, what we have done to get here in our life, measuring ourselves by how we can help and by what we believe in. Confidence comes through focusing our energy here. So try this on your own. First, make a list of everything you're not, but have a feeling that you should be, need to be, ought to be. Then make a list of everything you are. Someone who believes in. Someone who values. Someone who cares about. Someone who loves. Someone who would spend all day doing. Someone who wants to contribute to. Someone who greets the day. Someone whose biggest joy is. Someone with the core values of. Someone who is capable of. Someone who dreams of. Answer those prompts. That's who you are. It's not intuitive to make this kind of list. Most people aren't doing it. And your mind will take you in the other direction when you sit down to do it. Your mind's going to tell you everything that needs to be done. All the tasks. All the unfinished business. That's normal. I keep a sticky note next to me and I just write it down. Every interruption, I write it down. There's a time scheduled to get to it. It's not now. When you see yourself as someone who loves deeply, as someone who is a good friend and treasures time together, as someone who's capable of creating a community program that builds the lives of single dads, as someone who dreams of opening their own foundation, as someone who greets the day with joy, Can you see how that fuels confidence? Notice the focus on the beliefs that you hold, the joys you experience, what you are able to share, and what defines you. That builds confidence. And confidence is a muscle that grows with practice. Here's the practice. Shifting your attention away from what you don't want, what you are not, but keep a standard of should be, what seems urgent and is not important, like checking email or putting more things on your to-do list so that you can focus on who you really are and the abundance of where you're at and the joy of looking ahead because you have enough, you are enough, and you are worthy. That was number two. Here's number three. Create a focal point for your life. The 30,000-foot view of what your life is about, simply defined. Timely, right? Because you're just thinking about who you are. 
Having a focal point means that you can measure everything based on that. Does it support it? Is it neutral? Does it create conflict? One overarching focal point may have smaller focal points within it. So if your focal point is family, within that are going to be people and strategies, like how you support them, how you build them, how you build connections between them. If your focal point is service, then within that is going to be all the ways that service is expressed through your work, your family, your community, your resources, with your resources. If your focal point is love, then within that is how you express it, who you express it to, how you express it to them. If your focal point is faith, then within that are the practices, the people, the resource distribution, your time, your money, your energy, your expertise. If your focal point is growth, then within that is how you are growing or what you're supporting for growth in your work, family, your faith, your hobbies. If your focal point is fun, and I love this idea because I've never allowed myself to do it. Like it's even uncomfortable just thinking about it because I come up with a lot of judgment. (laughs) It's frivolous, (laughs) stuff like that. (laughs) I'm a lot more comfortable with adulting. But getting back to the focal point of fun, within that is how are you creating fun, managing fun, contributing to fun at work, with people, in your faith, with your hobbies? Do you see how that builds confidence? You have a direction. You can measure everything about your life based on it. Is it in alignment with the focal point? It takes you to being intentional on what fits and what doesn't, and there's inherent permission. If my focal point is fun, there's permission to have fun, to feel free, to savor the fun. Create a focal point. You can start with one and then find out that it evolves into a different one. Totally great. That's exactly what you want because it it shows your growth and it shows your intentionality with what it is that you want to create and who you're calling yourself to be. So three ways to have more confidence. Number one, stop believing the crappy self-talk. Two, get to the foundation of who you are. Spend time there. Three, create a focal point for your life to be clear and focused and give yourself permission to move forward. Here's a bonus fourth. Number four, develop a daily celebration practice. Every single day, dedicate a certain number of minutes to sit down and write it out, like pen, paper, write it out, and plan for a minimum of five. They may be very simple, and that is completely allowed. I'm breathing aloud. My kids are alive. I've sat down four days in a row to complete this. I spent less time with crappy self-talk yesterday. I had a meaningful conversation with my mom. Start with the tiniest of things and work your way up. This lathers your mind with what is good, what is real, what is now, what is worthy of being mentioned. Here's mine for today, and I'm not even joking. The first one, the dog regurgitated on a blanket, my blanket, and I was right there to witness it, (laughs) to move him Grab the blanket, get it in the washing machine before it had the opportunity to spread around. Number two, I rode to school with Craig and went for a run in the neighborhood. 
Number three, our son and his roommate are home from the dorms and with us this week. Number four, I set the intention to check email twice today and I stuck to it. Number five, I'm celebrating that there's fresh fruit in the fridge. Celebrations, they all count. The smallest things are worthy of celebrating. The fact that you can see, hear, smell, taste, touch, worthy of celebrating. This is the fuel to confidence because you're focusing on what brings positive energy and joy. Those are your four. How to have more confidence. Building yourself up. Taking your life forward so that you have more to live and give. That extraordinary life is waiting for you. I'm so honored to be on this journey. Thank you for being here today. And I'll see you next time. Be clear on who you serve in your business, the value you provide, and the message you're sending. I help physicians launch or grow a business with the only two things that they need, mindset and marketing. Schedule a call at georgemdcoaching.com. I'd love to work with you.